0: seven bowls of judgment associated with the seventh trumpet. And uh, we were uh, in chapter 15 and 16 of the book of Revelation and we went through uh, those pretty steadily and we, we notice in those judgments, the parallels with the trumpets, uh, with the trumpet judgments that, that have been mentioned uh, throughout Scripture. We, uh, we went through uh, those uh, very systematically. Uh, uh, bowl one was the bowls on those who, were, uh, uh, who took the mark of the beast. Uh, bowl two was the sea turned to blood. Uh, bowl three was the rivers and the springs that turned to blood uh, bowls uh, bowl four was the sun burned the people with fire And these all if you are a student of scripture and if you have read through scripture uh, on a consistent basis you'll notice that these are all very similar to the judgments that uh, befell Egypt uh, when God desired to take his people out of uh, the bondage of slavery from egypt uh, uh you had uh, these that were all very similar very parallel uh to those uh judgments the bowl five was now let's see I said bowl four was the sun burned people with fire bowl five was the kingdoms of the beast uh were darkened bowl six the Euphrates water uh the Euphrates river uh dried up so that this, uh uh that uh, the armies uh, could come in and and uh could uh wage war the The spirits emerged uh, from uh, the mouth of the dragon, uh, like frogs, and the beast, and the prophet. And so uh, uh, the these spirits came up out of uh, the beast and the and the dragon and the prophet. Uh, bowl seven was the earthquakes and hell, with hailstones. Hell we saw all of these judgments that came down upon uh, those who were still remaining on the earth and uh, we saw all these parallels to those things that were uh done before god himself speaks from heaven during uh the bowl seven judgment and uh it is uh come to the time uh for the destruction of babylon and the reason that we uh looked over all of this is because of the fact that uh when we come to chapter uh, Seventeen we see uh, a great epic scene in which uh, we are introduced to a new uh, segment of of scenery we saw the all the the angels coming forth with the bowls and delivering the judgment of God. Uh, We saw all the effects that that happened. And now we are uh, looking at chapter 17 that basically uh, dresses a new segment or a new uh, scene. And let's look at chapter 17. We won't uh, get... uh, When we go through this chapter, we'll see this scene laid out. And there came uh, one of the seven angels which had the seven vials or the bowls and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. Now, that is what one of the the angels is coming to, to speak to John And the angel is saying, I'm coming to show you a new scene. And this is the scene of the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So so he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-covered beast a uh, Colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness of her fornications. And upon her forehead was the, a name written... And this is what was written Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and the abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and the beast that carried her which hath the seven heads and the ten horns and the beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend unto the bottomless pit and go into perdition and they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they behold the beast that was and is not and is yet is. And here is the mind which hath wisdom, and the seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. And there are seven kings, and five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth, and is of the seven, and goeth into perdition." And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet, but receiveth power as kings as hour uh, with the beast. Uh, Kings one hour with the beast. And these have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. And these shall make war with the lamb, and the lamb shall overcome them. He is the Lord of lords and the King of kings and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful and he said unto me the waters which thou sawest which were the uh, which the horse sitteth are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues and the 10 horns which thou sawest upon the beast these shall hate the whore and um, shall make her desolate and Naked, and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire for God hath put in her uh, in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree and to give their kingdoms unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled and the woman which thou sawest is the great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth okay Is that clear to everybody? <laughs> uh, this, is, uh, this is a little difficult for us, so we're going to take little bite-sized uh, nuggets from this, and we're going to try and understand this. and And like I said, this is... Just imagine this as the beginning scene of a movie, and all of this is being laid out for John to see but nothing's really happened yet this is kind of laying out of the characters this is laying out of of who all is going to uh be involved in this scene and uh but this is all brought about by the events that happened that we studied last week all of this that has happened with the seven bowls and here in in chapter 17 in the king james it says vials but it's the means the same thing bowls vials it's the it's it's the same thing but one of these angels comes to john uh it's this uh uh, one of these uh, angels that had the vials or the bowls, and he says, "I'm going to show you the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters." Now, who is this prostitute? Who is this individual that uh, that uh, that is being shown to John? Who is it that is? Uh, that is being shown to John and what's the significance of what we're seeing. Now, um, throughout Scripture, uh, God has used uh, the imagery of a prostitute uh, as imagery to describe a certain people and a a certain people's attitude towards God. And uh, those people that, that God has described as being a uh, prostitute or prostituting themselves has often been um, uh, likened to the people of Israel and Judah. Um, why would God talk about His people that way? Why would God describe the people of Israel The people of Judah, the people that he uh, set aside to bless the world, why would he call them a prostitute? Or as it says here in chapter 17, a little bit stronger language, a whore. Why would he use this language, a language that I was taught not to use, uh, talking about an individual, why would he use this now if you, if you go back and look in the Old Testament and ezekiel and and uh, other uh, passages of scripture, um, God even instructs israel uh, instructs his prophets at times to uh, to demonstrate the attitude and the actions of his people, God's people, and what they're doing in terms of a prostitute or uh, uh, people who are prostituting themselves out. And the reason he does this is is that... Uh, in And there's a long litany in uh, the book of Ezekiel where God says to Ezekiel, he says... Um, I'll write this story down and he says uh, there were two sisters and they uh were uh, uh found by uh, a great man and he was he took them in and loved them and and cared for them uh and married them made them his wives and uh instead of loving him uh they went out and prostituted themselves to anyone and everyone that came by and, and uh they were abused and and wrecked and 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 they were mistreated and yet they were still loved by the the nobleman that that married them in spite of what they were doing and uh yet they all the more went after Uh, all of these others that would come by and would uh, um, uh, lay with them. Uh, This all sounds racy and everything, but what God is describing is, is He says uh, these two women that have prostituted themselves out in the book of Ezekiel, He says those two women are Israel and Judah. And he says, I have loved Israel and Judah with all of my heart. And God is saying, I have made them my people and I have done everything in order to uh, set them aside and make them a beautiful bride and have made them mine own. But what do they do? They go out. And he says, Israel and Judah have gone out and given themselves over to idolatry, given themselves over to all the gods of other nations, and they have done everything they can in order to, uh, to appease those gods, all the while ignoring me. I've uh, and God says, I've done everything I can to show them that love. And yet, he says, uh, in spite of that, Israel and Judah have gone out and deliberately given themselves over to all of these other gods. And so uh, what he's saying here is, is that, that uh, they've given their love that should have been directed to God, to, other idol, uh, to these other gods, idols, and uh, fault, you know, all of these hunks of wood that, that have no significance or meaning, and, and that love should have been God, directed towards God. And so uh, throughout Scripture, God has used that imagery to be the imagery of the attitude of Israel towards God when they uh, go contrary to God's will and desire. Now, excuse me for not listening to what you said. I was trying to get all that out before I forgot it, and uh, before I lost my track. Did, what did you say? Uh, I might have forgot. What? Oh, I said because the truth hurts something. Well, yes, yes, Definitely. Uh, uh the truth does hurt they they've acted as as though they've given themselves over to all of these other uh like a woman that that uh, leaves the uh, the bonds of her marriage and and gives herself totally over to others uh that is how god describes uh how he feels when Israel and Judah have given themselves over. And it's not just in Ezekiel, it's other places throughout Scripture uh, that God uses this imagery. And Jesus uses uh, I mean, not Jesus, uh, others use it within the New Testament as well. Uh, it's, u- it's imagery that's used multiple times over and over again. And here in uh, Revelation, we see this image of the prostitute. This is uh, this is uh, those who have given themselves over to the worship of idols that belong to Israel and Judah. Uh, these individuals who have. Uh, given themselves over the 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 Bible here says that the angel describes the waters as uh, the martyrs those uh, the believers that uh, that have gone on before uh, that uh, uh, those that have given themselves over to God are like the waters that uh, flow under her uh, and so we see this woman that's, uh that is in the wilderness and she's got scarlet uh a covered beast uh, the the color of scarlet is often uh, symbolized of um, uh, a woman that's that's in debauchery and and uh, doing bad things she says uh, uh, there's full of names of blasphemy having uh and the beast has is full of the names of blasphemy having seven heads and 10 horns and so this beast is is uh an image of all of the things that uh that have carried the people of Israel away from God carried them away from their relationship to God carried them away into sinful behavior. Uh, it's, it's typified by the scarlet color. It's also typified by the words of blasphemy that are all over the, the beast. And uh, the beast has uh, these... Um, has uh, seven heads and ten horns. Uh, these are nations and kings... And it says, The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornications, and upon her forehead was the name written. Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and the abominations of the earth. Now, Babylon was considered uh, to be the great evil... And uh, the time before Jesus, in 586 B.C., uh, Babylon came in and destroyed uh, Israel and Judah, took them off into captivity, destroyed the first uh, temple, the Temple of Solomon. And uh, so Babylon was always considered this great evil. And so uh, the name here, Babylon, uh, is associated with the evil in which uh, uh, these uh, Gentiles that come from outside of of uh, Israel and and uh, they uh, defeat them militarily and take the people off into captivity. Now later after the children, children of Israel come back to Israel and in 70 AD when... The Romans come in and ran, uh, and sack Jerusalem, and they destroy the second temple that was uh, was built by Herod. Uh, Rome was considered the great evil, the great Babylon. And so, uh, those that are reading this from John's perspective are seeing Babylon, and they're thinking Babylon that came in and uh, destroyed our our temple and. Uh, took us captive and took us back to Babylon. And uh, those who have come after John and those who've read it uh, uh, much later associate this with Rome. Babylon is Rome because Rome came in and it was a great world power. Babylon was a great world power during the time of John. Uh, and or before the time of John where it came in and was able to defeat all the other nations and we read throughout Scripture where Babylon comes in and defeats uh, all these other nations and Israel and uh, Judah was uh, just one other province area in which Babylon conquered um, Rome did much the same thing in 70, uh, in the 60s and 70 AD when they destroyed the second temple. So uh, uh, regardless of who it is, uh, they're seeing this as a world power. Uh, Babylon is uh, the world power that will uh, come and take control of over the whole earth. People today don't see it as Rome. They... Uh, see it more as a uh, nation that is a superpower that will uh, take over all the nations of the earth and will unite the earth against uh, Jesus Christ and His army when they come and uh, battle the the armies of the earth. Okay, so uh, that's all that information. And I saw a woman drunken with blood. Of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. The angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? And so he tells about the woman. Um, and this is basically uh, uh, the woman, the harlot that we talked about there, uh, Israel and Judah, uh, that has they, the people that have given themselves over. To uh, the worship of the beast, it says here the woman that ha- has drunken with the blood of the martyrs uh, uh, that's because these are the people that uh, have given over uh, those who follow after Christ to uh, to be martyred for their faith uh, they've they've not followed after God uh, they're being carried away in their worship of other idols and we talk, and we see in this also the uh the different uh meanings of the beast and and the uh uh the horns and the heads it says uh, uh, here is the mind which hath the wisdom the seven heads are seven mountains on which uh the woman sitteth uh this these are seven kingdoms, and uh there are seven kings, five are fallen, one is and the other is not yet to come, and when he cometh he must continuous short space and the beast that was and is not even he is the eighth and is of the seventh uh, and goeth into perdition the ten horns which thou sawest were the ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet but received power as uh, kings one hour with uh, the beast these have one mind and give their power over the strength to the beast. So these are the ten kingdoms of the earth uh, that many scholars believe that will exist during the time of the tribulation. Uh, these uh, ten kings are the leaders of those uh, kingdoms. Said, the Bible here says these kings uh, are not uh, don't have kingdoms yet. It's talking about these are kingdoms in the future. So these would be Ten nations that uh, uh, their ten leaders uh, will unite in their power and give their power over to the beast in order to uh, unite the armies of the world uh, in conflict and battle with the, uh, uh, the army of God uh, that will take place at uh, the uh, Battle of Armageddon. They'll make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for He is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with Him are called and chosen and faithful. And He saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest were, uh, which the horse sitteth, are the peoples and the multitudes and the nations and the tongues. Uh, These are the people that that have gone on before uh, that... uh, Uh, And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these uh, shall hate the whore and shall make her desolate and naked and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. Uh, For God hath put in their hearts uh, to fulfill His will and to agree to give their kingdoms unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. And the woman which thou sawest is the great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth." And so uh, here at the end, it refers to uh, Jerusalem. Uh, So uh, this is what is, this is the scene that's being set for the judgment of Babylon, the judgment of um, uh, the kingdoms of the earth, the judgment of those who've come up against God. And also, you'll notice it is also the judgment of. Uh, the great prostitute uh, God is about to bring about his judgment upon all those who have done everything they can do to go against his will and desire and uh, he's using them to come together and mass together to, pre- uh, to prepare for the, the final judgment that is to come and that is all being laid out before us and this is the whole scene does that make more sense now? I hope so, because that's about as good as I can explain it. Um, But uh, what we see is that nothing's actually happened yet. What we're seeing is everything, uh, all the characters have been laid out before us and kind of a little bit of the backstory as to who they are and and what they are and kind of giving us a scene as to, what is about to happen what's coming uh, but we haven't seen anything happen yet and that's to come in the next chapter and we'll talk about that the next time we come together but this is God's great judgment upon not upon the saints not upon those who follow after Jesus Christ but upon all those who oppose him everyone uh, from all the nations not just those who are from outside of Israel but those who are within the Israel as well those who are all have opposed uh, uh, Jesus Christ, are all coming together in one location to meet up against the armies of God and uh, punishment will come. Um, when we think about war and we think about conflict, we think about uh, what we know of as war. The people in John's day would think about uh, spears and arrows and uh, swords and shields and all of that today we think of war. we think of what we think of missiles we think of bullets we think of uh, tanks and ships and airships and and all that kind of thing uh, but basically, what it is is a great conflanta- uh, confrontation between two forces is happening that's the the basic definition of war uh, War is an all out effort to to show dominance. Right, uh, war usually is decided when one side has superior power over the other and breaks them to submission. And so I believe uh, what what God is describing here to John through the words of the angel and through the vision is is not necessarily a battle that's coming about uh, where. Uh, bullets and and all of that is going to be in play. Uh, missiles or swords or shields or anything like that. But rather uh, the the opposition of wills. And as we'll see shortly, this whole battle will. Uh, be over in an instant with what? The word of Jesus Christ. And what's the word of Jesus Christ? Uh, this, uh, uh, this, uh, This sword that's coming from the mouth of Jesus Christ, it is His authority, His power, His might. That is what is going to determine the battle and end the conflict immediately. Why? Because His power, His might is superior to any other. There won't have to be a battle of of bullets or or uh, missiles or, seal, or swords or or, or or shields or anything like that because it is a uh, power of who has dominance, who has superiority, and Jesus will uh, will lay that out with one word, His word. And and it, it will be over in an instant because uh, the power and the might of the antichrist, the beast, the uh, the dragon, the false prophet are nothing compared to the power and might of Jesus Christ. Remember, from Scripture, John one one says. Uh, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was uh, was God, and the Word was with God, and everything that was made was made by Him. There's nothing that was made that was uh, that He didn't make, basically. And so Jesus is the Word, right? That John was describing, and Jesus was the one. Uh, it was the power of God uh, in Jesus Christ uh, before He was made incarnate. That. Uh, created all that is, John says. And so what we need to understand is is when Jesus returns, all, all the power of His power of creation is in His words when He uh, comes and expresses His superior power. And then immediately, everyone uh, will understand and know who's, whose power is the most superior, and it will be Jesus Christ. And so uh, the righteousness and judgment are coming, and God is, is about to establish His judgment upon the earth, upon all those who oppose Him. He is about to bring about His, uh, His righteousness uh, through judgment. Uh, and we'll see that next.